You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am Nick Farabaugh. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at WPTS Radio Station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Today, we're taking a little bit of a diversion off the path of football today, and we're heading over to the basketball court. Pitt had a big, big scrimmage this Saturday. Stephen Thompson from the Pitt News joins me and talks about what he saw from that scrimmage and what the vibe is around the men's basketball team as Jeff Capel and company rebuild the team. All that and more coming up on Lockdown Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit Podcast, and as always, thank you for making Locked on Pit your first listen every day. Check us out on all the platforms. We are everywhere you want, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us section box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Come. All right, folks, we have a really special guest here today. Stephen Thompson from the Pit News joins me. Stephen, how are you doing today, man? Doing well, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, it's basketball day because obviously there was a big scrimmage this weekend. And it's kind of the first look at what is essentially an entirely new Pit team. Now, there are some holdovers from last year, but I do want to talk about those new guys specifically. Um, a lot of the guy, one of the guys that I thought got a lot of buzz uh, out of that game was uh, Mo Gaye, and he was a guy that really seemed to impress people. I mean, what you kind of see from him and, and what his role might be on this team. Yeah, so I mean, Mo's, uh, you know, physically striking guy. You know, long arms, he's six foot nine. Um, he, he's a physically impressive guy. But what I what really stood out to me was his, you know, offensive skills. He's a guy who's known. For his defense, um, you know, obviously the long arms, he's a shot blocker. Um, in the middle, he won the America East uh, Defensive Player of the Year Award um, uh, at Stony Brook last year. But uh, on Saturday, he uh, he was handling the ball. He was shooting and making threes. Um, it, it was a really nice array of a lot of different different skills that he had that I, I kind of didn't know that he he was that, you know, skilled of an offensive player. Um, you know, there was one instance where um, – he uh in the second in the you know the second half of the scrimmage he grabbed a defensive rebound himself ran the fast break himself uh then crossed a defender and hit a mid-range jump shot and I, I looked around and I was like wow that that's really just not not something that I expected from him um when he signed with Pitt yeah and that's obviously something Pitt really has not had um a stretch five potentially and I think Gaye is kind of in that rotation to be the center. Obviously, Pitt doesn't have a ton of size this year, but he's going to be one of those big things. I guess the other guy that you would consider, the there's two guys that you could consider there, Oladapo and then John Hughley. But Hughley is a guy, obviously, you saw him a little bit last year, then the whole legal situation came up, then he gets reinstated, so he's back. John Hughley, as he kind of, I guess, is really his first year still, even though he kind of had the year last year. 
What are you kind of seeing from Hughley this year as, as he steps into the bigger role and steps into a really, quite honestly, a big void in the team? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is I, I, uh, Capel and, uh, and his teammates have, have all kind of gushed about his response to, to that situation. You know, his, his maturity, how he dealt with, you know, kind of being separated from the team for a while um, and, then, and then coming back and getting reintegrated. You know, I, I think, first of all, I've, you know, people have talked about that response um, in a really positive light, which I think, uh, you know, is a, is a good thing to see if you're a Pitt fan and good thing to hear. Um, as, as far as his play, you know, we saw the him, uh, we saw them practice a little bit um, uh, a few weeks ago, and then we saw him at the scrimmage. And I thought John, uh, it, it's a little interesting. He, he stretched his game out a little bit more. So like offensively, he's playing a little bit further away from the basket. He's facing up, um, using his using his handle a little bit. He had two really nice baskets. Um, the first one was kind of a pull up uh, jumper, um, kind of from the uh, you know elbow extended. Um, and then he also had one where he's taking Noah Collier on the on the drive uh, off the dribble baseline and finishes it with with the reverse layup. So I, I think that's th- that was really impressive. But I think we also knew that John had some really nice offensive skills. Um, what uh, Jeff Capel always talked about last year when uh, when John was still with the team was that he needed to get up, improve his conditioning. Um, you know, he needed to be able to get up and down the floor, um, you know, quickly and efficiently, you know, at kind of a, a D1 ACC level. Um, that's a little hard to tell from uh, from just, you know, 20 minutes of scrimmage action. Um, so I, I think it's comfortable. I, I feel comfortable expecting big things from John. I think we'll see a lot of playing time, but I, I think Jeff Capel is going to, expect a lot from him as well and that's going to really impact his playing time and like you mentioned they've got some depth behind him so he's really going to have to earn it you know he was a talented kid um he you know a really highly rated prospect but again he's going to have to earn it and he's going to have especially you know after what happened last year it kind of staying on those bigs i mean they as i mentioned they did have depth there's obviously dan Oladapo. we'll talk about him in a little bit but maximodison is kind of the guy that's there still Last year was kind of a redshirt year for him. How do you kind of see that rotation working out between him, Hughley, Goyer, Oladapo? Do you see Hughley at, at least in this offense and kind of how they're working with him right now in this system as more of a four than a five, or do you view him as the five and kind of Goyer as the starter? Or kind of how do you see that working out right now? Yeah, it's interesting. I think they have. I think they have options. Um, right. I think Guye really is kind of more of a four, you know, he plays outside a little bit. Um, I think John's definitely more like a traditional center, you know, traditional five in that sense, but, um, they, they do have options. I, you know, I don't really see Adam Madsen, um, Max, you know, seeing a ton of, seeing a ton of minutes this year, especially given, you know, that, that Dan is really experienced. Um, and, and then Chris Payton coming in is a really athletic guy. Like, Max kind of has a ways to go, I think, before he he really you would feel comfortable playing him with playing him for significant minutes. But yeah, you know, I think uh, right now you kind of peg uh, Hughley and and Gouyer as your two main bigs. Um, those guys will probably carry the lines, share the minutes, and then I, I think they really like Chris Payton. I think they like his athleticism. Um, he's a little bit of a tweener. He's definitely more of a four, um, and, and kind of the same uh, goes for goes for Dan. Um, so that really kind of leaves John as your only – he's the closest thing you have to a true center, and I don't even know if he's a – if you would consider him a true true center. But I, I think watching them 
on Saturday, I kind of also noticed that they, they're going to spread things out a little bit more. Um, I think they, they feel like they have a few more shooters. They're able to space the floor a little bit better. Um, and like I said, Gouye can do that a little bit too. So um, it's entirely possible that they, they do play with two bigs and can, but can stretch things out or they just go, you know, one big and are playing with Gouye as, as your five, but you know, you're playing five outs. So I think they have a lot of options. And I think that that means that right now it's a little hard to project um, exactly how the minutes will shake out, but I, I definitely feel comfortable saying that, that Gouye and, and Hughley are your two kind of top bigs right now. Yeah. And on the topic of Oladabo, um, you talked about the lack of a true center, really. I mean, they don't have a, there's not a great size element to this team. It's not really their strength. They're not like a North Carolina was last year, for example, who had a lot of size and physicality. They do have a lot of scrappiness. And I think Oladapo, that's kind of been the thing, right? He's scrappy. He's a pretty good rebounder. How do you see them rebounding this year? And specifically how Oladapo kind of factors into that, you know, they lose Champagne, who was such a productive rebounder for them. Terrell Brown, not as much, but they still lost him and he, they lost size in losing him. So how do you kind of see them working out on the, on the glass and, and Oladapo's role in that? Well, I think Pitt's, become a much better rebounding team kind of progressively under Jeff Capel. Um, you know, I remember when he first got here, that was one of the biggest points of emphasis was um, he knew that they didn't have a lot of size. They didn't have, you know, uh, I mean, Champagne was kind of an outlier, but even he was, you know, he was a three or a four, a wing kind of um, who was able to outmuscle people. He was a bit of a rarity, but the the team as a whole has, has gotten better under Jeff Capel, you know, as, you know, as uh, in, uh, as far as rebounding goes, but um, I, I expect them to be just fine on the boards. I think, um, I think, like you said, they have a little bit of scrappiness. They don't have a ton of size, but uh, uh, rebounding isn't just all about size. It's about, um, it's about kind of smarts and like knowing angles and effort a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, everyone's going to tell you, you know, beginning of the season that they're going to put in a ton of effort and, and fight really hard and all that. Um, but you do kind of see, like you said, um, that there is a little bit of fight to this team. I think this team does have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, and I think that they are going to they're, they're going to like to fight or fight with people and, and get into the mud a little bit, um, especially because they know that they are going to be a little bit outmatched talent wise um, in a lot of their their ACC games and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of either they do live up to that scrappy kind of potential that they have or that scrappy reputation they have or they're going to be in for a long season yeah i think that's kind of the point of this they got to win on the boards productivity second chance points kind of all that key stuff that capel kind of echoes throughout his career here um at Pitt. all right now i do want to talk a little more in depth about some of the other new guys but first folks i want to let you know about prize picks prize picks is daily college fantasy made easy i love this and i know you will too prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the power five as well as the mid-major players that you may have never even heard of prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yards to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown so just make a deposit up to 100 and folks you'll get a 100 matchup on that deposit just be sure to use the promo code locked again that's the promo code locked on and how do you do it you just pick two to five players and over and under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus the projected numbers and you can make cross sport entries as well so folks don't hesitate check out 
prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. Folks, it really does get tedious trying to get all your new car parts at your local chain auto parts store because they don't really have everything anymore. It's all questioning, it's often pointless, and why wait when you can get everything at rockauto.com? You can save time and money at rockauto.com. Folks, it's a family business. There's reliably low prices for everybody, and they have everything you could ever want and need. So, folks, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Alright, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. And folks, let's keep talking here with Steven a little bit. You talked about Chris Payton a little bit, and I think he's probably the most intriguing, kind of the guy no one saw coming out of really anywhere, a Juco guy, a true Juco guy. And he just, the reports are out, he just jumps out of the gym. He's so much more athletic than everybody else. The thing is, what type of player are they getting in Chris Payton? Is this a type of, does he have anything in similarity, you know, with an obvious Tony kind of type? Does he, is he a hybrid? Can he play the two through the four? Where do you kind of see him fitting in? Is he just more of a four, a three, four, um, kind of going to stay in that forward rotation rather than, say, move out to shooting guard sometimes? And does he have range to shoot other than just the athleticism? Because we know he can attack the rack. Yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, I, I definitely think he'll stay, you know, he'll stick with the front court um, in, uh, in that unit a little bit more. Excuse me. Um, uh he hit a three on, on Saturday. I, I don't think that's a huge part of his game. I think his, he's definitely more of a, of a slasher, um, a defender, a guy who, who uses his athleticism um, to score, grab rebounds. Um, I, I think he'll be a solid defender. I think he's got some versatility on that end. Um, like we talked about, his athleticism will allow him to, um, you know, he's strong enough to, to hang down low. Um, definitely has enough size to hang down low um, with, with some bigger forwards and centers. But then also I think he's, he's plenty agile to, to not, you know, to be serviceable out on the perimeter, which is kind of all you ask for from your bigs. You know, you just can't get embarrassed, you know, when you get switched out onto a guard. And I think he's definitely capable of that. Um, there's, uh, I mean, you know, Peyton's just one guy, but there are, there's kind of a lot of a really nice defensive potential on this team between um uh, between Peyton and uh, uh, Gouillet and William Jeffress and Noah Collier, um, even even Femi Odekale, I don't think is a, I think he's an improving defender who has a great, you know, has a great frame with which you can, you can work with and you can build a really good defender. Um, so I, I really think Peyton can earn a lot of minutes with, with his defense, especially, you know, I don't think anyone's expecting him to be a prolific scorer, um, but if he can, catch an assist underneath and make a layup or dunk it, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to see plenty of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. And let, let's go to the, the backcourt a little bit. I think the kind of the other news that was kind of big, obviously Jamarius Burton, he's out four to six weeks after getting a knee surgery, knee procedure. That's now going to impact your depth behind Femi and with Ithiel Horton and Nike Sabande. 
is the is the fourth guy now going to be Onye as Yakuto? Obviously, he has enough experience going out there as it is. But how is the impact of losing Jamarius Burton going to affect this team at the start of the season? He should be back for ACC play, but they're going to have him out for the first few non-conference games. Yes, and it's it's a little bit of a weird timeline because you know uh, they the report was four to six weeks is his recovery time, which going from October eighth when they announced it, so that was that's Friday. If it's four weeks. He's back for the season opener. If it's six weeks, he misses he misses the West Virginia game, the UNC Wilmington game, and then the season opener. Those are kind of you know that's like not that's not insignificant. Um, and I think especially watching Femi play on Saturday, you know Femi looked a little tentative. You know he didn't play his best game, so you do worry about a little that that a little bit, especially because um, you know if your Horton can hit handle the ball. Uh, Nike Savani can handle the ball, but you would much rather have them playing at a two or a three, playing off the ball and letting Femi and Jamarius set them up. And I, um, so that's definitely a cause for concern um, a little bit, especially just for those first few games. But I think the other thing, when you think about the Burton injuries, you've got to think about what your expectations for this team are this year, right? So if this team drops some, you know, you've got to think about how much will a win versus what, like how much can he, um, how much can he impact winning and how much will these, you know, four or five games, uh, you know, impact your outlook on the rest of the season? Um, because this is a team that I don't think many people expect to, to rise above, uh, you know, 13th, 12th, 11th in the ACC. So if, you know, Jamarius is out for a few games and Femi ends up getting some more experience, um, you know, running the show from the backcourt, because remember, he's only you know, had about four starts um, in his career. Uh, that's not the worst thing in the world either, especially if you're kind of assuming that this is a rebuilding year a little bit. But from a purely basketball perspective, yeah, it, it makes them a little bit worse if you're thinking short term. And um, it would definitely, it would, it would be really nice to not just have his experience on the court, but then also have his skill on the court um, and also it just makes your um, makes your rotations fit a little bit more nicely, and you feel a bit more confident being able to split uh, uh, split time um, with Femi and Jamaris, especially when you're going down to face you know Press Virginia um, in in early in the season. I I can imagine a scenario where Femi kind of gets swarmed by that press and turns the ball over, and that kind of can become ugly. Um, if you have Jamaris there, things change. So yeah. Yeah, an experience against him, too, from Texas Tech. So he's seen him in the Big 12. So you have that as well with Jamarius Burton if he's back for that game. You know, the backcourt, is it's kind of interesting. You know, there's a lot of experience. I think there's a lot of knowns there. I think people know what Nike Sabande is. Does, first of all, does Nike Sabande look like he's continuing the momentum he had at the end of last season when he really started to kind of remember the, like, the first half of last year, he was a non-factor, didn't play much didn't really do much. And then as the transfers were happening here, he comes and in the ACC tournament, he has a huge game. Is he kind of continuing that forward momentum? Well, you have to hope so. If you're, if you're a Jeff Cable or a Pitt fan, I mean, that's the thing about scores. It's, it's very easy to, um, to lose momentum. It's very easy for, you know, for hot streaks to stop and for, um, and for cold streaks to start. So, it's a little hard to tell when you are um, when you get when you get one look at a scrimmage or anything like that. But 
I, I definitely think he's poised for for a big season. You know, he's probably the most talented scorer on the team. Um, and on a, but he's also on a team without uh, a very clear number one score. You know, I don't think anyone assumes that uh, Nike's just going to automatically you know get fed a ton of shots or lead the team in scoring. I think um, everyone is very the the when we've talked to the the two players and coaches um, uh, in the preseason, they all kind of agree that it is going to be a team effort. That there's not going to be an Xavier Johnson, a Trey McGowan's, an Audis Tony, a Justin Champagny that are going to give you 20 every night. Um, it's it's going to be a team effort, and it might be a rotating effort where maybe one night uh, you know. Nike is giving you 20, 25, uh, and then the next night, Ithiel Horton hits a bunch of threes and gives you 20 or 22. So it, 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 Nike's in a really interesting spot and I think in a really uh, good position to, um, to improve his game and, and to make a name for himself, especially in this league. Um, it's just like we talked about at the start, there's so many, there are a few, there are a lot of like unknowns, you know, it's like we, when you add in, you know, Gouye, like we've seen his offensive skill and you give a, you give Horton, you know, a full season of, of being in this rotation. Femi, you know, is going to obviously see a leap in minutes. Like there are a lot of people who are going to be competing for shots and who are going to want the ball. Um, so we'll, we'll see again if they, you know, everyone can talk in the preseason. Um, but when the rubber hits the road, who's actually going to be taking those shots and, you know, is this actually going to play out like, they're telling us in, in the media suite. So it, it, it's a little hard to tell at this point, but I, I think he's in a good spot to, to do exactly that and keep that momentum going forward. Yeah, I for sure agree with that, and I want to get into some of these young guys. But first, folks, I want to let you know about betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever, so all eyes are on the gridiron, and you can put those eyes also on betonline.ag because they're your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface with even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be your number one source for everything football so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus again that's the promo code locked on and you'll receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers this season bet online where the game starts Folks, have you heard of Sweplock? Sweplock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended wipes that work up to seven days per use. And Sweplock has a dry shirt guarantee, so if Sweplock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Currently, Sweplock is currently the number one seller in Amazon's anti-perspirant category. And guess what? You can wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret of confidence, and this is a must-have in everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's for a big presentation or just casual wear. You need Sweatblock with you at all times. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on against that. That's the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast and i do want to get into some of these young guys but most notably will jeffress i think he's a guy of big talk conversation and interest among the pit fan base really young 17 year old guy last year really was a guy that should have been playing in high school at last year but 
he got experience on the college court, some more experience kind of in some games. The Northwestern game obviously stands out. But for, for Jeffress, how's he looking in his second year now, poised to get a much bigger role this year, and kind of how do you think he's going to look this year as he steps into it? And more importantly, is his offense uh, getting better? Because that was the big weakness for him last year. Yeah, you know, he was a little – he's – he was a little passive on, you know, he didn't stand out offensively. I felt like on Saturday, um, but I don't think that's where he will stand out at all this season. I think that's going to be consistent throughout the year. Um, he's going to make it on the floor because of his defense, because of his energy, because he can rebound. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, it was a really weird year last year for him, you know, and his minutes were a little inconsistent. Um, so I think you're hoping that when he starts to see the floor a little bit more regularly, you know, he could compete for a starting spot, honestly, um, that you, uh, that he kind of finds a, a, a spot on offense and kind of finds a way to play off of Femi and Ithiel and, and, and be at least a threat. Um, but he's gonna, he's gonna earn his minutes on the, on the defensive end. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard, I think, for him because he was so talented, um, but also so young. That's just such a, a tough spot to be in, um, and it's kind of hard to know what to expect from him um, and from to expect from a guy like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always just going to come back to his defense and his energy and his rebounding. Um, you know, I don't think anyone expects Will to, to really light up the scoring, um, but – he can definitely he he will impact games. Um, he's kind of an X factor. So if he can if he can be a guy who who plays really well off of those those lead guards that we talked about and can find a, a comfortable role offensively where he's not taking on too much and not you know trying to do too much, he could really be a huge um, really be a huge lift and provide a huge lift for this team. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, getting away from the players. The big thing also kind of starting this team is the culture around it. You know, everything that kind of happens, the the mass transfers with yeah. Tony Johnson gone. You lose all those guys. Now, Capel seems to be preaching a really big culture statement, essentially. How are you kind of feeling? What's Jeff Capel saying about that? And what's kind of his message right now to everyone around the program? Yeah, so what was really striking, I think, from uh, that first day of practice when we talked to him, um, and I think, and over the summer when we talked to him, was that he was very open about, or a little, he was more open than I kind of anticipated about the fact that there were some uh, some issues with the culture last year, um, and that, you know, there were, I think they called them chemistry issues, um, that even, you know, the AD Heather Like was, was aware of and had talked to him about. Um, which I think was, it was something that was kind of on the back of everyone's mind. It was almost assumed a little bit um, and speculated about, no one ever really, you know, it's not, it's not something that you never really confirm. So to have the head coach kind of confirm that was, was pretty eye opening. Um, but the mood I think around, uh, around the team this year is a little more positive. Um, and I think the most striking thing from, from uh, that first day of practice that Jeff Capel said to us was uh, that, for the, you know, kind of above all else, when he was retooling this roster and trying to reload it and trying to fill, um, trying to fill spots, he, he said he was just looking for people who wanted to be there. You know, he wasn't looking for people who wanted to be in the ACC or wanted to be in division one or in the power five. He wanted people who wanted to be at Pitt. Um, 
and and all the players have kind of talked a little bit about um, how much closer they've gotten and how much better um, kind of the camaraderie is off of the court uh, this year as opposed to last year. And there were some, again, we talked about the chemistry issues, but there was also COVID, you know, you can't just, you know, hang out with people. You can hang out with people a little bit more easily now, you know, these guys, um, I've talked a lot about how they are, you know, meeting up off campus, you know, after practice outside of basketball, um, which I think definitely gives everyone kind of some more confidence that those chemistry issues can be left in the past. Um, again, that's, it's such a hard thing to, to, to speculate on because there's only so much we know about this team and there's only so much that they put out uh, publicly, but, you know, going off of what they've told us, the, the vibe is generally very positive. And I think even, even seeing, um, you know, Mo and, and Femi interact uh, in the post-game press conference after the scrimmage, you know, they were joking with each other. They, they really seemed to have good chemistry and they were, you know, well-spoken and played off of each other so well. So I think there is something to, um, to what everyone is kind of talking about and, and the general sense that, that the vibes are a little bit better. All right, last one before I get you out of here. And I know it's early. It's very early. What's kind of your feeling for this team this year? Are you thinking they're going to be cellar dwellers? Do you think they might be, but be very competitive? Is this going to be a team that maybe starts hot and flames out like the, the teams of the past have certainly last year's team? What are you kind of feeling with Pitt's team this year? Yeah, that's a tough question, honestly. Um, I, I don't have high expectations for this team, honestly. And that's not because I don't think they're, they're talented or have some nice pieces, but there's just so much that's new about this team. And there's so much that they'll have to figure out. Um, I, I, I would, I will expect them to be, you know, competitive. And like we talked about a little scrappy and you know, maybe steal a win here or there. Um, like Jeff Cable teams of the past have, but no, I, I don't think they're going to sneak up anyone. I definitely would peg them in kind of that, you know, 12, 13, 14 range in the ACC. Um, they also have a little bit of a more difficult schedule. They're adding a couple more power five opponents this year. Um, and, and I just think the lack of continuity is going to kind of hurt them a little bit. And I think they're going to be kind of figuring things out as they're going um, and learning each other and feeling things out um, as the season goes along. And, and hopefully I think the most that you can hope for is that this team looks better by the end of the season than they did last year or, or than they do uh, in November. So, you know, I, I think that's the most you can hope for is just some improvement um, and just hoping that, you know, these, these new pieces can kind of, um, can kind of mesh and mesh a little bit more as the season goes on. You know, I don't think they're going to be a ton of wins, so you might have to live with some moral victories for the time being, which I don't think the team will, will love or, or tell you or admit that they, that they are kind of looking for. But I, I think there's definitely going something to be said for, building the culture, building some continuity, and, and just getting familiar with each other as the season goes on. All right, Stephen, let them know where they can find you, where they can read your work, and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Stephen E. Tom, um, or read uh, read all our stuff on uh, from the Pit News at pitnews.com. All right, folks, make sure to go check out all of Stephen's work at the Pit News. He does great stuff over there and as always folks as always thank you for making locked on pit your first listen every day but i want you to make locked on acc your second listen every day head over and check out locked on acc where you'll get all of your acc info from acc expert candace cooper 
It's available free on all platforms wherever you listen. All right, folks. Thank you for listening as always. And as always, hail to Pitt.